Praise God. It has been a while since we've actually had a missionary, especially on a Sunday morning. Usually they're Wednesday night. I was so excited when I was able to actually schedule missionary Walmer and his wife on a Sunday morning with us so that you faithful, faithful people that support missions can hear what's going on. You know, this pandemic was worldwide. It wasn't just America. And Brazil was hit, one of the most heavy hit. It still is one of the most heavy hit countries in the world. And our missionaries stayed on their field and labored, knowing that they're not in a place that has the medical technology and all of the stuff and the conveniences of America. And we had many of our missionaries actually even get COVID. And, but God has touched them and has brought them through, and we are thankful. We're thankful for men and women that will go to the field and stay there no matter what happens. Because they love their calling and they love the people. Will you welcome our missionary today, Brother Walmer. Will you put your hands together and welcome him? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise and honor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your provisions. Thank you for your protection, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blessings. Hallelujah. Let's give him a shout of praise. Yeshayana Bakanda. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We are thankful this morning to be, amen, here with you and to feel the presence of God that is in this place this morning. You know, wherever Jesus is, anything is possible. Amen. I say anything is possible. Amen. Back in the day, back in the day, brother, Kyle, we used to sing a song. Reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by. I've come to tell somebody here this morning that he is passing by. There's healing in the house this morning. I say there's healing in the house this morning. Not only for those, for those injuries that lay open, but also for those emotions that lay open. There's healing in the house today. There's deliverance in the house today. There's salvation in the house today. Amen. There is forgiveness in the house today. There is hope to be had in the house today. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus, we are thankful today for this opportunity, amen, to come and to minister to you today and to share with you the vision, the burden that God has laid upon our lives to go to a faraway land of the country of Brazil, the country of Uruguay, and their labor among those people and to touch them with the power of God, amen, that they in turn can feel the call of God on their lives. And they can move into many different areas of their countries, of their people, and minister unto them the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation unto everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I am not ashamed. I am debtor. Hallelujah both uh, to Greeks and barbarians, both, uh, amen, to the free, uh, amen. I am, I, am, I, am, I am a debtor to men that I would preach to them this wonderful truth, that we could feel the same, amen, and that we would do our part to, ex to advance, to expand the kingdom of God. So if there is anything that we want to say here today, it is to say thank you for your faithfulness and thankful. Thank you for your giving, amen, for your sacrifice as you have laid some things aside for your own uh, pleasure, I would say, and you have given to missions and you have sent your missionaries worldwide. 
we are very thankful. We also want to take advantage of this moment to thank Brother Kyle, amen, and his family for untold hours of, uh, and monies investing in the work of the Lord in the country of Brazil. He has been to Brazil many, many times into northern Brazil and has ministered among those people there many times and have blessed our country. And we are thankful today, amen, for their investment in that land. May God bless them. Amen. Yes, we thank you today. I want to invite my wife to come, and she's going to minister uh, to you for just a few moments, sharing with you the, a testimony of what God has done in her life as she and her family yielded to the Lord and felt the call of God on their lives. May God bless you as she comes. Praise the Lord. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning and feel the presence of God. Wow. Isn't God great? Yes. My God is in control, steadfast and movable. Nothing is impossible because he reigns. Do you believe that this morning? There's nothing impossible to him. And I believe that today if you have come to this place with a heavy heart, well, the one that puts together broken hearts is here. And his name is Jesus. Open your heart and let him touch you and minister to you this morning. Aren't you thankful for the word of God? <laughs> Aren't you thankful for the salvation that Jesus has to offer? I am so thankful for the word of God. I'm thankful for the commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I am here because somebody went to my country many years ago. I am from the country of Uruguay myself. And I'm standing here as a testimony, as a witness of what missions is all about. Missionaries went to my country many years ago, opened up a little church in a neighborhood where my uncle used to live. And my mom and I had gone to visit him on a Sunday. And as they were visiting, he started to witness to my mom and told her about Jesus for the very first time. He invited us to go to church that Sunday night. And we went there. I was only eight years old. And for the very first time, we went into a little Pentecostal church that the missionary had started, a United Pentecostal church. And there, my mom, she cried the whole service because she had never felt the touch of God in her life. And we knew that what we were feeling was real. Isn't it real, folks? <laughs> Praise God. We kept on going to that little church. It took us, uh, we lived in the city. It took us, uh, had to take two buses and two hours to get to church. But we knew we were in the right place. My mom received the gift of the Holy Ghost. She was baptized in Jesus' name. I received the gift of the Holy Ghost when I was eight years old. And I was praying at the altar. I also felt the call of God in my life. That I, one day I was going to be a missionary. <laughs> Eight years old. But hey, the children are the future missionaries. Future pastors. Future leaders of the church. <laughs> Praise God for that. I'm thankful for the call of God. I'm thankful that today I am fulfilling that call. And we started witnessing to my dad also. He had never heard of the Lord. Had never experienced what we're experiencing. And we privileged we are blessed. Praise God. But he saw that what my mom had was real. And he agreed to come to church for the very first time. It was just me and him. And we came into service and he, he told me, let's just see here in the back pew close to the exit. He didn't know what to expect. <laughs> but God is good. And he has a purpose. He had a purpose for him that day. And the preacher started to preach, and I looked at my dad, and he was crying. Tears were running down his cheek, and he closed his eyes. And right there, he started to repent, and I heard him say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, forgive me. And as he was repenting, he raised his hands and received the gift of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And also, he pastored a couple churches in the country of Uruguay, taught in the Bible school. And this is the story of missions. Sometimes you think so far away, but today uh, you're meeting me. <laughs> I'm one of them. Praise God. I want you to remember my story. Because when you give to missions, you're touching real people like me and my family. You are making an impact. When you give, you're touching so many people. Today, I am blessed to be a missionary. 
to go to Brazil and Uruguay and to share what I received many years ago. And I'm thankful for people like you, for churches like you that have sacrificed, that have given, that have prayed. I tell you one day when we are around the throne of God in a wonderful family reunion, that day is going to be, you're going to get to meet the rest of the family. Your brothers and sisters in the Lord from around the world. What a day that's going to be. Praise God. What an exciting day. And you know what? You're going to have all eternity to listen to their stories. And you're going to say, you know what? Every sacrifice was worth it. Everything I gave, everything I prayed, it was worth it. So thank you for giving to the Lord. Thank you for investing in the kingdom of God. Thank you for loving like Jesus does. And I know that these times are difficult. And I have to say, this is our last service on deputation. So we're excited. <laughs> Praise God. This has been quite a challenging year to be traveling 30,000 plus miles. And this is our last service. But we're so excited because we know that God has great things for us in Brazil and Uruguay. Do you believe that? Will you pray for us? Keep us in your prayers. While we're working there, there is still work to do here in West Palm Beach. The Lord said, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes from your situation, from you, you. And look onto the fields, for they are white, all ready for harvest. So the Lord said, you say there's still four months to the harvest. But I say, lift up your eyes now. So don't wait for later. Don't wait, oh, I'm going to wait till COVID is over. Or I'm going to wait till I'm more prepared. Now is the time. Do you believe that? There is revival to be had, and I believe it, that we're going to have a wonderful revival in all the world. Do you believe that? May God bless you in Jesus' name. Let's keep working together because we are a team working with one goal to expand the kingdom of God. May God bless you in Jesus' name. I came to South America as a young boy of 11 years of age with my parents to serve as missionaries in that country. Very large country of 200 million people that need to hear and experience the gospel of Jesus Christ. I met my Uruguayan wife in 1980. 1984 we were married and immediately became engaged in missionary service as aimers and then as career missionaries for the last 35 years. We started our missionary career in the country of Brazil, yet in 2007 we added the country of Uruguay and have been active in both countries since that time. We are privileged and thankful for having given our lives in reaching these nations for Jesus Christ and thankful for churches and people like you that have given to the work of the Lord both through prayer and finance. Thank you for investing in the kingdom of God. Brazil and Uruguay, two very different nations, different landmass, language, customs, Nevertheless, in great need of able ministers to go into new areas and to touch the lives of other people with this saving gospel. I'm excited to share with you today that the church in Brazil has reached new levels of an indigenous church in supporting and sending six missionary families into different places in the world. Today, the country of Mozambique, Angola, Portugal, Guinea-Bissau, and Cabo Verde have missionaries preaching this precious gospel unto their people. This giving on the part of the Brazilian church has brought revival to its land. We continue to be involved in the country of Brazil by strengthening the work through teaching, training in that part of the world. Uruguay, a country to the south of Brazil, 
continues to move forward in spite of the agnostic and atheistic spirit that prevails in that land. My wife, a Uruguayan herself, is a result of a missionary endeavor and now serves as a missionary to her own country and Brazil. Let me introduce you to one of her pastors, Jose Lopes, who used to be involved in drugs and gang activity and had never heard of Jesus. Through a men's ministry outreach, he came to know Jesus Christ, repented of his sins, was baptized in Jesus' name, and received the gift of the Holy Ghost. After receiving training in one of our Bible schools and obeying the call that God had placed on his life, he and his wife went to another city and is now pastoring a church there. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same, commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And this is, in essence, the work that we are endeavoring to do in the country of Brazil and Uruguay, endeavoring to establish men and women in the work of the Lord, in the Word of God, that they in turn may go into their own people and preach the saving gospel unto their own people. We have come today to ask that you join with us as a ministry partner to help us go and to continue the work that God has laid in our hearts to do. We are thankful today for churches like yourself that have chosen to give to world missions so that people like ourselves may fulfill the call that God has laid on our lives. We are in this together, and together we can make a difference. Can you give praise to the Lord this morning? Thank you, Jesus, for being a part, Lord, of the greatest work on the face of this earth, the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And yes, we are thankful today that Calvary has, that the sanctuary, excuse me, has made a difference as you have given to world missions, as you have supported the work of God around the world. As you have given, you may feel that your offering is small and may be insignificant, but it contributes to the great work of God around the world. And I want to say thank you on behalf of, of all of the missionaries of the United Pentecostal Church. Thank you for your giving. Thankful, thank you for your faithfulness. And I encourage you to continue to make a difference in the lives of people around the world. Amen. We arrived in the country of Brazil when I was only 11 years old. We lived right across the street from the only Bible school in the entire country. Brother Kyle can, can, can testify to the fact that Brazil is a very large country, mammoth country. Brother DeMerchant had just left the city of Rio with his wife and family, and they had moved into north, northern Brazil in the city of Manaus. And that is where he began to labor, working among those people there in that land, flying his airplane on the Amazon River and doing a tremendous work. My mother and father then moved into southern Brazil, and it was there that, we, that they began to work and labor, and together with Brother DeMerchant, began expanding the, the, the leadership and the leadership training of, of future pastors and leaders in the country of Brazil. Amen. Uh, as I mentioned, we lived right across the street from the only Bible school in the city of Rio. But Brother Demerchin and my father quickly felt that just one Bible school would not suffice to endeavor to reach the entire country of that land. Today, I gladly announce that there are now 135 Bible schools in the country of Brazil. Amen. Endeavoring to train and to equip men and women that they in turn because of a call of God on their lives, that they may go and they may reach, preach this wonderful gospel, reach somebody that has not yet experienced this wonderful salvation. This is, this is the wonderful story of the gospel. Amen. As men and women respond to the Lord, as they are saved, as they are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, today I ask you, 
Amen. How will you become engaged in expanding, in, in advancing the kingdom of God? Amen. In and among those people that God has placed you. I pray that you will consider doing something to advance the kingdom of the Lord. Amen. Now, as I mentioned, we lived right across the street from the only Bible school at that time. That was back in 1974. My brother and I, we would find ourselves in the, in, in the, in, in the men's dorm with the, with the guys, and they would play pranks on us and everything, trying to teach us Portuguese. But those men that were in the Bible school today, today are the national leaders of the church. <laughs> and today those men have come to my wife and I, and they have asked us to step into a new role as we return to the country of Brazil, and that is working avidly to equip, to train, to certify our Bible school teachers. Now, any given Bible school demands between five and seven teachers to man that Bible school. So there's a great demand for certified, equipped, trained teachers in our Bible schools in the country of Brazil. And so my wife and I will be working avidly during this next term, traveling uh, from the city of Sao Paulo into the many different uh, areas and regions of that country, holding seminars and endeavoring to train, to equip, and to prepare these teachers that they in turn may step into the classrooms and teach our young men and women that have felt a call of God on their lives and are there for training, are there for uh, uh, leadership uh, preparation. Amen. So we have come today to ask that you would consider sponsoring one of these seminars or two of these seminars in the country of Brazil uh, throughout our next term. Amen. These seminars come in just under $1,000 apiece, and it is possible that somebody here would feel led of the Lord to give towards this cause, or maybe this church, amen, today would like to commit, amen, to sponsoring some of these seminars in the country of Brazil as we endeavor to travel throughout that country, endeavoring to do this great work. May God bless you as you continue to make a difference. Amen. Without further ado, I want to invite you to stand to your feet and take your Bible in hand. And we are going to delve right into the Word of God today. I hope that your heart is hungry and thirsty to hear the Word of God spoken to you today. Amen. And I have prayed and asked the Lord that the Lord would speak through me and minister to you today through His Word. Amen. Can you say praise the Lord? I invite you to open your Bible to the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter, uh, chapter 5, and we're going to read two verses of Scripture, verses 4 and verses 5 this morning. Amen. Let me mention while you're opening your Bible that we have a display back in the back. Today is our last deputation service, and whatever is there on the table, we need to liquidate. Amen. And so we've got some special pricing. We've got several, uh, several little artifacts there that are from the country of Brazil, from the country of Uruguay. In fact, we have there some Brazilian coffee. Amen. For those of you that need your morning mojo to get going, amen. I got some Brazilian coffee there for you. These are, these are brands from the country of Brazil, and I'm sure that they will bless you. Amen. As you enjoy your cup of coffee. Amen. We have several other things there that we do offer to you. And we're thankful today for your giving. Amen. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Book of 1 John chapter, chapter 5 and verse 4. And it reads, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Say our faith. Amen. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Who is he that, that overcometh the world? Wow. That's big. The world's a big place. Overcometh the world. But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Today I want to read this verse of Scripture to you from the easy, the easy English version. It says, because we have become God's children, we can live in a good way. We can refuse to live like people who belong to this world. Mm -hmm. We are able to win, wow, against the world because we trust Jesus Christ. It is only people who believe that Jesus is the Son of God who can do that. Only they, or 
they that believe that Jesus is the Son of God can refuse to live like the people who belong to this world. Today I want to preach to you, amen, on the subject I choose to believe. I choose to believe, amen. In and among COVID, I choose to believe, amen. In and amongst opposition, I choose to believe. In and among the shutdown, I choose to believe, hallelujah. In and among my trial, I choose to believe. Even when I'm on the, on, on the Mount of Victory, I choose to believe. I want you to pray with me today. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for thy word. Quicken it, Lord, to our hearts. In the name of Jesus, speak to our minds, minister to our need, minister to our hearts today. In the name of Jesus, that we can leave this place, Lord, charged and encouraged, oh God, because we are victorious, because we can win, and we are a victorious people. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. We have received from the Lord two significant gifts from God. The first of them being the measure of faith. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 12 that he has given to every man the measure of faith. The second of these is the power of choice. And this is something that is taken for granted because we begin making choices the minute that we Awake. In fact, to awaken is a choice. There's some of us, like my wife, she's tremendous. She, she, the, 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 the alarm goes off and she jumps out of bed. She jumps out of bed singing a song. I, I kid you not. She's already humming. Amen. I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those that had to hit the, hit the snooze button two or three times. Come on now. And when I finally get up, <laughs> honey bunny, come and have your breakfast. <laughs> yes, it is a choice. Life is a series of continuous choices we make each and every day. So the power of choice isn't anything to be taken lightly. See it as your superpower. See it as your superpower because it really can and it is making and creating your life moment by moment. Amen. I call this the momentum of time, the momentum of the hour. Praise the Lord. And we are always in the momentum of something. And it is precisely that and what that something is, that is where our choices lie. Amen. I'm talking today about the power of choice. Amen. I choose to believe. I choose to believe. Amen. I choose to believe. Praise the Lord. You get to choose what momentum you want to be in. That's what I'm talking about today. You get to choose what momentum you want to be in. Amen. So I ask you today, what is it that you want? What is it that you are seeking for? What is it that you desire? I propose this morning that you choose the momentum of faith. I choose to believe. Amen. Maybe you need to get your wits together. Maybe you need to grab yourself by the nap of the neck and grab yourself and take yourself before a mirror. Amen. And make a bold face declaration. I I choose to believe. You have the power of choice to decide where you want to go from here. And then start walking that path and creating a new momentum. Amen. I believe today that there are some of us here today that we need a new momentum. We need a new perspective. We need a new outlook on life. We need a new understanding of who we are. Amen. You can either stay where you are and remain stuck and stagnant, wishing that things would go back to how they were. Oh, I've heard that. And stay stuck in the past. Amen. I believe that COVID has come for great reasons. 
Amen. And I'm not diminishing any of the terrible things that have happened. We had, we just had just uh, this week, we had uh, one, a young girl. She was 30-some years old. She was in our Sunday school in one of the churches that we pastored in the city of Novo Hamburgo, southern Brazil. Passed away because of COVID. Yes, it's, uh, it, it's disastrous. Uh, amen. But God has allowed COVID to come to shake his church. This is our moment, church. Uh, this is our moment. Uh, this is a moment of revival. This is a moment uh, that the church is going to shine. Uh, this is a great moment. Uh, it, is a, it is a great altar call for us to come amen and submit and give our lives to the Lord in a measure in a way that we have never given our lives before to God amen so it's a moment to step up and show up for yourself by making a new choice that propels you forward in life a momentum of faith because faith always faces forward. Amen. Faith always faces forward. In every moment of life, you have a choice. Amen. You have the choice to become the best version of yourself that you can become. And by being the best version of yourself, you are able to serve others with your gifts and your greatness and continuously rise higher and higher in life. Because, yes, we have been called to serve. It's a choice. And I encourage you today to make and see your life transform, amen, before your very eyes. Choose to believe what the Bible declares you to be. Choose to believe what the Bible, the Bible what the Bible tells you, what the Bible declares you to be. Amen. First of all, amen, you didn't choose the Lord. First of all, he, the omniscient God, the almighty God chose you. He handpicked you. Praise the Lord. Secondly, you, we are appointed. You are established. You are ordained. Amen. You are put in a place by the omniscient God. Amen. It says in the book of John chapter 15 and verse 16, you didn't choose me. But I chose you and appointed you, ordained you, established you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit would rem should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Amen. I've come to declare to somebody here today, God has, has purpose for your life. Amen. God has, God has a plan. Amen. For me. God has a plan for you. I've come to tell you today, we have destiny. Amen. We have destiny. Amen. You have destiny. Praise the Lord. You're not here just by mere chance. He has chosen you. Amen. I choose to believe in what the Word of God declares. Declares, amen, for me today. Thirdly, the omniscient God has declared you his friend. No longer do I call you servants, but a servant, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. Amen. In other words, I've given you revelation. Amen. You are a friend of God. You are a friend of God. He has given you revelation. He has given you understanding. He has opened your spiritual eyes. Amen. So I say today, choose to be that man, that woman of prayer. A man, a woman of God. I'm talking about a new momentum. Praise the Lord. A new momentum, a momentum of faith. There is nothing as powerful as prayer. So choose. Can you say choose? Choose to believe that prayer is the most powerful weapon for that man, for that woman of God. Amen. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. 
bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience obedience of Christ. Yes, confess your trespasses, amen, one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed because the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Hallelujah. I've come to tell somebody here today as the friend of God, would you become engaged in prayer, in communication to the one that is able to save, to heal, and to deliver, hallelujah, because we have the most powerful weapon through prayer. Prayer works. Prayer and faith really work. There is nothing more effective on this earth than the power of prayer. It is the far-reaching hand of God. It goes anywhere that God goes. It does anything that God does. Prayer, said Mahatma Gandhi, prayer is not asking. It is the longing of the soul. It is daily admission of one's weakness. It is better in prayer to have a heart without words than words without a heart, said Mahatma Gandhi. Mother Teresa said, prayer is not asking. Prayer is putting oneself in the hands of God at his disposition, yes, and listening to his voice in the depth of our heart. How true. Inspiring quotes. But then again, you may be questioning my use of these quotes from Mahatma Gandhi and Mother Teresa. My goodness, you know. Couldn't you have chosen a quote from our dear Daniel Goss? Couldn't you have chosen a quote from Nathaniel Urshan? Kenneth Haney? Come on, Brother Walmart. But I chose Mahatma Gandhi and Mother Teresa today because of these people. If they lost in their idolatrous religious systems, if they can value prayer, how much more do I as an apostolic believer that has understanding of God's word, that has received revelation of God's word, how much more I need to value the power of prayer. When I read the word of God, that is God talking to me. And when I pray, that is me talking to God, to my friend who has chosen me, who has ordained me. Hallelujah. Yes, it's a communication to a, with a friend, a man that is interested in my life, that has ordained me, that has set me, that has established me, hallelujah, that has appointed me, oh yes, I'm talking to a people of destiny here today, I choose to believe the function of prayer is not to influence God but rather to change the nature of the one who prays sometimes we go into prayer thinking that we can change God we go into prayer trying to we go into prayer like Job. Job said, I'll fill my mouth with arguments. And we fill our mouths with arguments to convince God of our cause. But the purpose of prayer is that we would be changed. And I ask you today, are you willing to be changed by the power of prayer? Are we willing to be changed? Are we willing to be transformed? Amen. We come to the Lord with these long to do, with these long lists. There's nothing wrong with prayer lists. I'm not praying. I'm not preaching against prayer lists this morning. Amen. Prayer lists are are, are vital. They're important. But maybe maybe we need to take those prayer lists and we need to put them aside for a moment. We need to do what one preacher talked about as he was traveling throughout Brazil with me. He began to talk about some things that they used to do back they used to do back in the day, and that was to Wait on God. As a boy, I used to hear the preacher say, we're just going to wait on the Lord right now. And there was a holy hush that came upon the church. And every head was bowed and every eye was closed. And, and, and everyone was praying unto himself and to the Lord. And we were just waiting on God to do something. Amen. We were in expectation. Amen. Maybe we need to be, we need to renew that expectation in our hearts. We need just to be waiting on the Lord. We need to be just offering our lives to him. Surrendering him to him. Our thoughts, our passions, our desires, our every whim, our every will. Hallelujah. Desiring the will 
will of God in our lives. Yes, waiting on the Lord on one particular occasion. Amen. A lady about on the third row back in the church uh, suddenly uh, stood to her feet. Uh, she had been afflicted for many years of an illness that would uh, consequently, if not healed, would take her life. She raised her hands and said, I'm healed. I'm healed. Amen. God's people in prayer waiting upon the Lord. The Lord stretched forth the hand and touched that lady and healed her today. Amen. By authority of the word of God and by the power of the name Jesus. My friend, my sister, my brother today receive your healing and receive your miracle. We can never underestimate what prayer can do when we combine it with that measure of faith. The measure. You see, the Bible doesn't elaborate a lot about on the size of your faith. It does mention that having faith the size of a mustard seed is sufficient to move great mountains, great impossibilities. So I've come to tell somebody here today that you have, contrary to what has been whispered in your ear, contrary to what has been suggested to you, I've come to tell somebody that your faith is sufficient to receive the miracle that you need from God this morning. I choose, I choose to believe. When you put prayer and faith together, you have this dynamic, explosive combination that can ignite God's word and it can accomplish all of God's purpose. It can alter the course of nature. I'm one of those old-time preachers that still believes that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 declares it well. Jesus the same yesterday and today and forever. If Jesus has ever changed the laws of the universe. If he has ever changed things in our personal lives. I assure you that Jesus still changes things. He nevertheless he is the unchanging God. Book of James says that there is no, there is no suggestion of change. There is no variableness in him. Nevertheless, he is a God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He is is a God that is able to change your situation. He He is able to change your situation and you have sufficient faith. Amen. Believe he is the creator and makes all things new. Praise the Lord. Jesus has the power to change things in our lives. Amen. He is the one. He is the creator and he can make all things new. Second Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Revelation says, and he sat on the throne and said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. He is a God that is able to make things new in your life today. Amen. Jesus still controls the laws of the universe. Prayer, faith, have the power to move the heart of God to use every resource available to bring to pass his purpose. So I say today, don't let go of that miracle. I say today, don't let go of that promise. We hold in our hands today the book of promises. This is the book of promises. I choose to believe. I've just mentioned a few today. I've just mentioned a few 
But I encourage you today to take the book of promises and begin to leaf through the book of promises. Amen. And to, and, and to, and to, and to proclaim these promises as your personal promises and declare them in your life. Praise the Lord. Amen. Faith always faces forward. Keep moving forward, church. Amen. Keep moving forward, sanctuary. Keep moving forward. Faith never retreats or moves into the background. No, faith pushes you forward to the great God who controls it all. So I say today, have faith in God. It doesn't matter how desperate the situation may look. It doesn't matter how dire the situation. You take the book, this book of promises, and you Stand and you pray the word and you stand on the word of God today and you say, God, I'm not standing on a preacher's word. Lord, I'm standing on your word today. Amen. You stand on the word of God. The word of God says uh, the things which are impossible with men in Luke 18 and verse 27. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Amen. And it's sometimes hard to believe. Uh, well, amen. When you're up to your eyeballs uh, in trouble. Uh, amen. But Jesus said these words. Uh, amen. For whatsoever is born of God uh, overcometh the world. Uh, amen. Uh, overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith and who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the son of God I choose to believe amen you might need to declare that in prayer you might need to declare that before a mirror you might need to roll down your window as you drive down the street and say I choose to believe hallelujah I choose to believe Believe in the promise of the word of God. There is an awesome power in believing in Jesus Christ. Nevertheless, it is necessary to set your will in motion. It is necessary, it must be an act of your will. Amen. You must declare, I believe. There, are, there is power in our words. Amen. Not only think it, but you need to say it. You need to proclaim it over your life. I choose to believe. Amen. In the face of darkness, in the face of COVID, in the face of the lockdown, in the face of the opposition, in the face of all things negative, I choose to believe. Amen. You may say due to your circumstance, that mountain is just too high. That circumstance is too devastating. You may say, Brother Walter, you just don't know. I'm too hurt. It's impossible. Amen. But Jesus speaks with an infallible word, and he says the things that are impossible with man are possible with God. And if you know Jesus Christ, then believe this to be the infallible word of God. It doesn't matter what is shaking your home. It doesn't matter what your marriage may look like at this point. It doesn't matter what your children are doing now. God has given you a promise where nothing will be impossible with God. Say it. Declare it with tears streaming down your face. Say it speaking in other tongues. But declare it and say it. Amen. It is from Genesis to Revelation. Genesis 18 is anything too hard for the Lord. No. 
Amen. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Amen. Job 42 and 2 says, I know that you can do all things, Job declared, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Jeremiah 32 and 17, O Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm, by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Hallelujah. I could, I could, I could quote Daniel 4:35, Zechariah 8, 6, Matthew 19, 26, Ephesians chapter 1, 19 and, and 20, uh, chapter 3 and verse 19 and 20. I can declare in verse after verse from the book of promise of today. So I say, don't move off that promise. I choose to believe. Everyone else may tell you that it is impossible. The situation may be declaring that it is impossible. Your co-workers, your colleagues, your family members may be saying that it is impossible. That's what they were telling Martha. And if I could have the musicians, please. They were telling Martha, Martha, it's, it's over, Martha. Lazarus is in the grave and don't bother. Don't bother the Lord. It's, it, it's, it's, it's done, Martha. It's, it, it, it's, it's okay. They had called in the professional wailers, mourners. And they were following Martha and Mary around, wailing crying on behalf of the deceased. You see, Martha had sent a message to Jesus. Come quickly. Hurry. Your friend that you love, he's, he's ill. You see, Martha spoke to Jesus all based on, on her expectations. She had her little box of expectations. Sometimes we pray with a little box of expectations. And Lord, you know, you can do this. And, and Lord, I know you can do that. And Lord, I know you're moving this way. And Lord, I know you're moving that way. And Martha came to the Lord and asked him to come and pray for her brother Lazarus based on her expectations. But when Jesus finally showed up, when Jesus finally showed up, he came across an angry Martha. And like some of us, she shakes her finger in his face. If you had shown up earlier, you can read about it in John 11. If you had shown up earlier, if you had come when I called you, if you, if you, had, if you had done what I, what, I, what, I, what I told you to do, but Jesus looks sympathetic to her and says to her, did I not tell you, Martha, that if you believed, you would see the glory of God. Yeah. What he was telling Martha, Martha, it's, it's time to believe. I've come here today, this morning, to tell somebody. Oh, oh I know you're in church. I know. Oh I, oh, I know you've been baptized now for a couple decades now. But I've come to tell somebody. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. It's time to believe. It's time to change your language. It's time to change your speech. It's time to change your perspectives. It's time 
to look towards God, to look to God's word. Begin to declare those promises in your life. Time to claim them. It's time to live in accordance to them. Can I confess to you something? I've really been upset with this election thing. And I have found myself going to social media looking for some hope. Something that would give me a... I'm making confession here today. Finally, I came to the conclusion that I got to I just put it down. And I took out a... A list of verses that I've that I've been saving. Just just a personal list of mine that I've got saved, tucked away. And I pulled it out. And I just began to read those verses. Pretty soon there were tears streaming down my face. In a little bit, my hands were raised. Lord. My life is in your hands. I choose today, Lord, to believe in your word. Martha, it's time to believe. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Right says Psalms 25 and 8. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. Psalms 84 and 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So Jesus comes to Martha. I I imagine Jesus inviting Martha to go with him to the grave. I can see Jesus offering Martha his arm. I can see and I imagine Martha maybe even protesting, no, Jesus, there we cannot go. It's an ugly place. It's It's a stony place. It's a... He's been in the grave now for four days. It's a smelling place. Lord, we can't go there. Martha, let's go to the grave because I have something greater for you. I, I have something greater for you there. <laughs> I have something greater for you there, Martha. Didn't I tell you that if you believed, you you would see the glory of God? Didn't I tell you? I know you do it later, but not now. Martha, Martha, it's time to believe. It's time to believe. Roll away that stone, Martha. Roll away that stone. Roll away that stone, Martha. It's time for a miracle. I've come to tell somebody here today, it's time for a miracle. It smells. It's dark. It's ugly. But it's time for a miracle. It's time to believe. I didn't come in your time, Martha. I came in my time. Because I'm going to teach you that I can give you a greater miracle than what you expected. I've come to tell somebody he has a greater miracle for you. Maybe he's not answered that prayer because he has a greater miracle for you. He has a greater ministry for you. He has a greater purpose for you. He has a greater destiny. This morning in closing, I want to open this altar for those of you that desire to come. And if you would desire to convert your chair into an altar, that's fine.
And I pray that you would pray the prayer and say, Jesus, today I choose to believe. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would forgive me of my unbelief. There was a man that came to Jesus asking that Jesus would heal his son. And Jesus told him, all things are possible to them that believe. And he said, Jesus, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. I don't know if you've seen it as I have seen it in Scripture, but in the face of his unbelief, in the face of his half, of his, of his, of his challenged faith, Jesus gave him a miracle. And there may be somebody here today that feel that your faith is just halfway full. But in the face of your, of your challenged faith this morning, he has the power to give you a miracle. Amen. By authority of the word of God, by the power of the name Jesus, receive your miracle this morning. Receive your deliverance this morning. Receive your salvation this morning. Receive your family member this morning. Receive your relationship healed this morning. Receive healing in your relationship this morning. Oh, by authority of the Word of God, I choose to believe.